Family may look different for each one of us this year. As a church, we have the opportunity to live life with people of all kinds of backgrounds and welcome them in as we grow together. Whether you're a single mom, you've been married for 50 years, have a full house or an empty nest, you are family here at NCC. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. This is the final week of our series, Christmas at NCC. And this week, we're talking about our church family, what God has for us and the unique relationships that we find in the body of Christ. Here's Pastor Aaron. Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. It's good to see each of you here. I'm so glad that you're with us. And um, I know we mentioned this just a few moments ago, but if you're our guest, if this is your first time, maybe someone invited you um, to see some of the kids' dancers or just invited you to this Christmas service, I want you to know we're excited to have you with us. And if I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we're glad that you're worshiping with us. And before I jump into the message, I just want to take a moment and celebrate your generosity as a church. The past few weeks, we've been doing something that we call the Giving Tree around here, and we've partnered with a number of organizations around the community to be able to serve them and the kids and, the fam- and their families around Christmas time. And so this past week, you guys brought all of your gifts, and throughout the week, we had them lined up on this wall over here. And it was so amazing to see the organizations that they, as they came in here. And so Traffic 911, which um, rescues and ministers the girls that have been trapped in sex trafficking and ministers to them and their families, and then also Rutherford Elementary and so many other organizations. It was so great. They were just overwhelmed by the generosity. And so can we just put our hands together? I want to say thank you to you guys for giving and making this Christmas special um, for kids and families this holiday season. I'm so thankful for that. And we're in our third and our final week of this series called Christmas at NCC. And we've been focused this year on this idea of family and looking. And so we started week one at this idea of God's places in families. And although it may not feel like we want to be in the family that we're in at times, maybe there's a little conflict, we're there for a reason. We're there to encourage one another and inspire one another and even challenge one another. And so it's not an accident you're in the family that you're in. God put you there on purpose. Last week, we looked at family traditions and what we do around the holidays to celebrate and how that's not just something around the holidays, but traditions are meant to point to the power of God. They're meant for us to hand down the stories of what God's done in our life from generation to generation. And so we challenge ourselves, what are traditions that we have that are doing that, that are reflecting on what God's done in our life and where we can pass that story along? And so this morning, we're looking at family from a slightly different angle. And we're looking at this idea that together, because of the birth of Christ, because of Jesus coming, that that means that we're connected in family with each other. And so I want you to turn to someone next to you and just say, you're family. Okay? And they may really be family because you may be sitting next to maybe your parents or a sibling or someone that you're related to, or maybe you're sitting next to someone that you don't know that well. But as we look at this, what the birth of Jesus did, we recognize that it does, it connects us with one another. And I want us to look at this idea of, as we look at the church, because church, this is family, we're connected with one another, what that means in our lives, what that should look like, what we see even through the birth of Christ, this idea that God was bringing, that we're connected in family with each other. It made me think of um, a time in my life, I've shared part of my story with you guys before, but 
Um, I grew up in church, but then in high school, I'd walked away from the Lord and spent a number of years um, during my high school time of getting in trouble with the cops, getting in trouble with the law, making some really poor choices. And it was fall and winter of 1995 that God began to do things in my heart and my life. And I came back to a church. It was a, it was a church kind of like this in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and um, started going there. And our youth group had just gone on a winter retreat. God had done a lot of things in my life. And we came back from winter retreat. We were out in the parking lot and they said, hey, Aaron, we want you to be a part of the Christmas production. And I thought, man, that's so awesome. I've just been getting back into church. And so I wanted to do whatever I could. And so for the next few weeks, kind of leading up to Christmas, I was at the church a number of nights helping out with the set, and I was part of one of the skits that they were going to do. And I'll never forget, I was going to the airport. I had just left the church, and I was going to the airport to pick up a family member that was flying in um, around Christmas time. And I got there and gave this family member a big hug, and I was so excited to see him. And they started talking. We started talking like, hey, where'd you come from? I was just at the church, and I was telling them about this Christmas program I was in. And they looked at me, and they were like, you can't go to church like that. Now, mind you, this was the mid-90s, okay? And I was a little punk teenager, so the pants I had on were those Jinko jeans. Do you guys remember those? That were so wide, like an elephant leg could have fit in those. And I had this baggy sweatshirt on. I had these gold chains. My ears were pierced. And, and they were like, you can't go to church like that. That's not how people dress in church. And I didn't know what to say, and that was awkward, so I just changed the subject, right? I kind of ignored it and went along. But later that evening when I was thinking about that, I stopped and I just said, God, thank you so much for my church family. Because I was pretty messed up at that time. And over the past two weeks, no one had ever stopped me and said, hey, you can't dress like that. No one had ever made me feel unwelcomed or like I didn't belong. They just accepted me how I was. And they, were just, they just said, hey, we want you to be a part of this. Whatever way we can help you, we want to help you. And that was a pivotal thing in my life of coming back to Christ that I could have a place where I belong. And that's what church should look like. Sometimes there's a lot of other ideas floating around when people talk about church, but that's the picture that I believe Jesus was dreaming of and God was planning for when he sent his son to this world is that as we realize what Christ did, that it would connect us not only back to God, but to one another. And so I want us to look at this in scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn this morning to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to start looking at verse 8 and this idea that even the birth of Christ brings about that we're family, we're connected with one another. So Luke chapter 2, verse 8, if you didn't bring a Bible, there is a blue Bible in the seat in front of you, maybe one or two seats over, but you can take that out and turn to page 500 and want to encourage you to do that and follow along with us as we look at the scripture here. Now, once you have that, hold on to that for just a moment. And if you're here and you're like, I've never read the book of Luke before, that's okay. So Luke is one of what's known as one of the four gospels. And this are four individuals that told the story of Jesus about his birth, life, death, resurrection. And if you've ever wondered, why do we need four of them? Well, it's because each was written to a different audience. And so Matthew was written to religious people that knew something about God and God's plan. And so when Matthew writes, that's really who he's talking to. John is writing to people that had a spiritual mindset, but didn't really know who God was. And Luke, this book that we're reading about this morning, it was written to people who really had no concept of God. 
People from different nationalities, different cultures, different races, even different religions. Um, Some of them believed in God. Some of them did not believe in God. And Luke wants to give an account of this person that they're telling them about, Jesus, who is the Son of God who has come here to this earth. And so we can relate a lot to Luke's audience um, in the fact that maybe many of us didn't grow up with this understanding of who God was. And so after Luke tells us about the birth of Christ, this is what he says, and he has this powerful statement in this section right here, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, In the same regions that there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And if you have your Bibles, or maybe you have that blue Bible, just underline that or highlight that on your smartphone. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, this one statement, this was revolutionary because the people of God, the people that felt like they were chosen by God, who knew about God, they had this understanding that God would one day send a Savior, but it was for them. Like God was going to come and rescue his people, and this is where it was for Abraham's descendants. But Luke, in this moment, lets us know God has extended his family. This isn't just for a a select chosen few. This isn't just for a handful of people. This isn't for one nation. This is for everyone. This is going to be good news for all people. Everyone that hears this, no matter what race you are, no matter what culture you come from, church or unchurched, like any of these things, this is going to be good news of great joy for all people. God is extending his family. Luke says this is for everyone. Everyone that hears this, they're going to rejoice. This is good news. God has come. The Savior has been born, and it's going to change all of our lives. It was this invitation. Luke is saying God's inviting all of us in. God's inviting everyone, whoever will receive the gift of God, the gift of his son, this invitation is open to you. And so that's the idea when God talks about church, when we have this image of church, when you look around this room this morning, we're meant to be family. God has extended his family to each and to every one of us that we can be a part, that we can be connected with one another because of God's salvation in our life. Now, once again, when we think about church, Maybe you tried to invite someone that doesn't typically come to church, and there was a lot of thoughts that they had in their mind. Sometimes when people think about church, they think, well, that's where all the hypocrites are, right? Or people are going to be judgmental there. Or, man, I don't want to go there. Like, I'm not going to fit in. I'm not going to belong. I'm going to kind of be the outsider. That's not the picture. Luke is saying, no, this is good news for everyone. Anyone that hears this, God has extended his family to each and every one of us. And so as the church, as people of faith, as people who believe this, we should exemplify that. We should be those ones that that are reaching out and that are extending that. We should be a picture of the church and the family of God that God dreamed of. And so our challenge is take all of those amazing thoughts you have about family. Forget all the negative ones, okay? But think about all of those awesome memories maybe that you have of being around family. That's what the church should look like. I was thinking about this. Um, Last night, my family was gathered around. We were in the living room, and we were watching this new Netflix show called The Movies That Made Us, and they're about these iconic films, um, Ghostbuster, Die Hard, Home Alone, like these iconic films and how they were made. 
And so it's Christmas time, so I was like, let's watch Home Alone. It's one of our favorite Christmas movies. And they interview like screenwriters, directors, um, actors, special effects people. So it was really interesting to kind of see behind the story, if you guys have ever watched Home Alone. And they said, we thought this movie was going to kind of flop. Because all the movies then were like big name movie stars, and this was a nine-year-old, and who's going to really go see this kind of movie about a nine-year-old? Like, they didn't know if it was going to do well, but when the screenwriter was talking, he's like, I think the thing that really made it sell when people saw it was that it wasn't just like an action comedy about a nine-year-old defending his house against these kind of um, inept bandits or inept robbers, but he's like, it's the heart behind it too. Like, you get this sense of Christmas. And he said one of the most important scenes for us was the church scene. So if you guys have seen the movie, you may remember this scene right here, right? Where Macaulay Culkin is talking to the older gentleman. And he says two things that I was, I was watching that last night just really stood out to me. And it kind of hit me. He looks at Macaulay Culkin. He says, hey, it's Christmas time. Have you been good this year? And he's honest like a kid is. And he's like, no, I haven't. He's, he said, I've been getting in fights with my brothers and my sisters. And I don't get along with my parents. And the guy looks at him and says, well, church is the place you should be if you're feeling bad about yourself. And I just stopped and I thought, man, that's a really profound line within this Christmas kind of comedy action movie. And then he goes on and he's sharing like, hey, I'm here to see my granddaughter. She sings in the choir. If you guys have seen the movie, you may remember this. And then he says, I'm not welcome at the church service. And Macaulay Culkin says, you're not welcomed at church. And he says, no, you're always welcome welcome at church. He said, my son and I haven't talked to each other in some time, so I'm not welcome to be around him. And he goes on to kind of tell that story. But those two lines stood out to me. And really just kind of watching this Netflix show, I just thought, I just prayed like, God, let that be the picture that people think of when they think of us. This is a place where you're always welcome. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter the background that you come from. This is a place where you come in and you feel like you belong because this is family. And where if you're feeling bad about yourself, this is the place where you want to go. These are the people that you want to be around, that you know, hey, I'm not going to be judged, but they want to help me. Like they want to be there for me. They want to support me. They want to encourage me. And that idea that you're always welcome here, I thought, God, that should be the picture that people think about. That was God's dream when he sent his son. When Jesus was born, this is going to be good news to all people, not just a handful, not just a select few. God was saying, hey, this is family. And because we've received that, we should extend that to others. That was God's dream. The, The Jewish people, they were God's chosen people, not to keep it for themselves, but so that everyone else around them, like that they were extending God's love and they were extending this to the people around them. God has extended his family like we know that. That was the dream. And yet they assumed that the Messiah was gonna come as a king. That this adult would arrive on the scene and he would have some kind of crown on his head. And that's what this would look like. Others thought he would be a warrior. That the Messiah, the savior of the Jewish people would arrive with the sword in his hand and he would fight all of these other nations and kick them out and recover the land that God had given them. And yet, how does the savior come? As a baby. Because God's passion isn't for some political party and his goal isn't to lead some army and to secure some land or some property. His goal is to be in the hearts and the lives of his people. And so he comes as a baby. He's born into a family because what he's desiring is that we would understand that this is about family. This is about relationship. 
This is about connection. That's why Christ has come, to connect us. Because our sin had separated us not only from God, our sin had separated us from each other. The shame, the guilt, the mistakes, all of those things that we had done, we had hurt one another. And the birth of this Savior not only restored us with God, it reconnected us with each other, that we could be back in right relationship with one another. That was part of why Christ came. That's this picture. God says this is about family. I remember discovering this as a kid. I was in the fourth grade. My parents were pastors, and we were pastors in a small town in Arkansas. And they sat my brother and myself down and said, hey, around Christmas time this year, we want to do something different. And I thought, I don't like the sound of that, you guys. And so, um, so they go through this like, hey, there is a, there's a children's home not too far from where we live at. And there's a young boy there. He doesn't have any family this holiday season. We want to take two weeks and we want to bring him into our home. And we just want him to be a part of our Christmas. And so they said, Michael and Aaron, like, we just want to let you know, you're still going to get Christmas gifts, but this young boy, he doesn't have a lot. So we're going to actually buy more. For him, and I thought, I really don't like this now, okay? So, but I was forced into it because my family was doing this. And so I remember we drove down, um, we picked up this young boy. He was right around our age. His name was Mikey. Um, like my older brother's name is Michael. And so Mikey came and he was staying with us for a couple of weeks. The first two days were great. I had another sibling to play with, like we were doing games and all of this stuff. And then the newness started to wear off. And Mikey was in my toys. I didn't want him to be, he was in my room. He got to pick the TV shows that we watched. I didn't like that at all, okay? And so I started to get really frustrated, and my parents noticed this, and it was just a few days before Christmas, my dad sat me down and made me read the Christmas story. And then he started asking me questions like, Aaron, why did Jesus come? What does that mean that he came? What did that do in your life? What does that show us about God? And so I had to be honest, like, man, this shows us the love of God. And my dad asked me, hey, if... God extended that kind of love to us. Do you think that maybe we should extend that kind of love to other people? And I'd love to tell you I was the perfect kid for the next week and a half, but I probably wasn't. But even as a fourth grader, my mind could wrap around that concept of God, because you've done this for me, like we're called to do this for other people. And you guys, that's the picture of the church. That's why Jesus was born. That's why Jesus came is because he's saying, hey, what I've done in your life, you should extend that to others because I've extended my family to you. You're connected. You're connected. Your relationship's restored with one another. This is what this should look like. When people think about church, they should think about that place that's welcoming, that's friendly, where relationships are restored, not where you feel like you're on the outside, but a place where you feel like you belong. And that's what we want NCC to be. And so we're going to do something that we do from time to time. We did it a little bit earlier in the service. We're just going to take a moment and talk to one another. And so you're not going to get up out of your seat. First service, they tried to leave their seat. Don't do that, okay? But just um, people around you, people in front of you, behind you, you're going to introduce yourself, okay? And you're going to ask them this one simple question. What do they want to eat this holiday season? Could be their favorite Christmas candy. Could be something that a relative makes, like their favorite holiday dish, okay? So we don't want anyone to be left out, but start looking around you. Make eye contact with someone, okay? Maybe someone that you don't know that well, okay? And maybe you may have to slide down the aisle. You may have to turn around, um, find someone else, and let's do this really quickly. Introduce yourself. What are you looking forward to eating this holiday season?
Okay, so we're going to start wrapping up those conversations. This is the problem is I get you talking, you never want to stop, okay? But this is the image that we should have. This is our heart is that we would connect with one another. I'll be like the teacher. I'll just keep talking and eventually you guys will listen again, right? So, so look, we, we want this feeling of family. And I love that, that, you, that we want to connect with one another. That's the picture that we should get. That was God's desire, that as Jesus came, he was restoring our relationship with one another. And so that's my prayer is that when you come to this place, you want to show up a few minutes early. You want to stay a few minutes late because there's people here that you're connected with that you want to get to know. Now, I know as we talk about family, some of you may feel like you're on the outside. Like maybe you're thinking, well, Aaron, that sounds great for some people, but if you really knew my past, or if you knew some of the things that I struggle with, if you knew some of the addictions in my life, if if you knew some of my history, then maybe you wouldn't be talking about this idea that we're all connected in family. And yet it's in the Christmas story that we see this idea of family that it doesn't matter who you are, God has invited us in. That it doesn't matter your background or your story. Now, we're also pretty much familiar with this. We've watched Christmas specials and, and we've been to services like this that we understand this idea. But just look again at who's surrounding the Christmas story. You read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we're introduced to this young man named Joseph. And other than in the Christmas story, he's not well known. Like he's nobody special growing up. He probably wasn't the star pupil. He wasn't someone that really stood out. He was a carpenter. He was just a working individual. And yet God invites him into the story. And then you go on in Matthew chapter 2, you see these wise men who see the star at the birth of Jesus, and then they travel months. And what we understand from their story is these were people of influence. These were not nobodies. These were people that everyone knew. They were probably nobility or they had some kind of influence in the nation that they were from. They were extremely wealthy. They had a lot of financial resource to be able to fund a trip like this that would have taken a long time. These were people of wealth and influence in their time and in their culture. Who else is a part of the story? We're in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we're introduced to Mary. It's this young teenage girl who God chooses, God's favor is upon, but she is not well known. She's still um, young in her early age. And then Luke chapter 2, verse 8, shepherds who aren't even in the town, they're not even the normal flow of commerce. They're on the outside taking care of their sheep. And then two people who are often forgotten, Simeon and Anna, in the story in Luke chapter 2, these older individuals who waited in the temple in a church setting like this because they knew God's promise was going to be fulfilled. And in the Christmas story, you see people that are really young. You see people that are really old. You see people that have not a lot of financial means and people who are blessed with a lot of financial means. You see people of influence, people with very little influence. God invites all of them into the story and says, hey, you're a part of this. And in that same way, God looks at us and he knows your history and he knows your background and he knows your story. And that doesn't scare God. He still invites you into the family and he says, hey, you're a part of this. You're welcomed. I'm inviting you to come in. It doesn't matter who you are. God has invited us into his family. And I look around the room and there are those same kind of individuals where 
represented. We're different cultures and different nationalities and different backgrounds. And some of us grew up in church and some of us came to faith later on in our lives. Some of us, um, we work jobs in retail. Some of us are business owners. We have teachers in the room and we have students that you teach in this room. All different kinds of people. And yet God says in a setting like this, we're family. We're connected to one another. We're in this together. And that was Jesus' picture around his birth of coming in that way, is he saying, hey, I'm not only restoring your relationship with God, I'm restoring your relationship with one another. Christmas not only means we pause and reflect on God's love towards us, but we extend that love to each other. And I have the privilege and kind of closing with this thought right here. And in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, talking about this idea of God choosing us. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. In Hosea chapter 1, verse 10, it says this, the place where it was said that you are not my people, there you shall be called the children of the living God. All throughout scripture, he's saying it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your history. God is inviting us to be part of his family. We're connected to one another. And just a few weeks ago during one of our Christmas services, a first-time guest came to the back and she said, hey, I'm here because my friend's performing this morning and and I wanted to just experience service. I wanted to come in and, and see him in the skit that we were doing that day. And she said, I just want you to know that as soon as I walked in this door, I felt welcomed. I felt like, man, it was kind of like coming home that everyone wanted to know my name. They were asking about me. They were introducing themselves. After first service this morning, I had an older lady that came back and she said, man, I felt like you were just talking to me. It was so relatable. And she said, this is the place where I want to be at. And I'd love to take credit for that, that somehow I've had a part of that, but that's each and every one of us understanding what this story is really about. Because I don't get the chance to go to every single person and have a conversation, but if we all do something, then we can connect. And it's each of us choosing to say, God, I recognize that you've extended your love to me and that I have the chance to extend that to others. And church, that's my prayer is that this place right here, this would be the place you wanna be at. That it wouldn't be difficult to wake up on Sunday mornings and say, oh man, I gotta go to church, but... Oh, today I get to be around people who love me, who are gonna encourage me. My prayer would be that we know one another. And so if one of you has experienced a loss, you've lost a loved one, that you would get a text this week or next week and someone would say, hey, I'm praying for you. I know it's gotta be hard around the holidays, but I'm here. Let me know if I can do something. That we know one another. And so if you're struggling or, Maybe there's an addiction or maybe there's family tension in relationships that you would have other people in this room that you could reach out to and say, hey, can you just pray for me? Can you encourage me? I'm going through a tough time. You guys, that's what church should be. This should be family. And that's why Jesus came. He's restoring our relationship with God, but he's also restoring our relationship with one another. And he's saying, I wanna connect you. The love that I've extended to you, I want you to extend that to each other. And so I wanted us this morning just to respond together and to respond in this way as family. So if you were to come over to my house um, around the holidays when family's in town, 
we always take a moment together as a family and we usually sing a song. They ask me not to sing that loud because I'm not a good singer, but the rest of my family's pretty good. So we'll sing a song together and we'll pray. My dad usually leads that. It's kind of the leader of our home. And, and we take a moment just together, just looking in each other's eyes, thankful for one another. And because we're family, I want us to do that this morning. So in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to get up out of your seat and we're just gonna make a giant circle around this room. We're gonna circle up together. And we're gonna sing a Christmas carol that we sang a moment ago um, during the, the worship part of our service. And it just talks about that, that truly God has taught us to love one another, that we're connected, we're brothers and sisters, we're family in this thing because Christ has come. And then I'm gonna lead us in a prayer together. And I just want us to circle up and to have that kind of family feeling that God, you've connected, we're here for one another. Thanks for listening to this week's message. And we're a family here at NCC. And here are a couple ways that we can be intentional about growing in relationships here. First of all, just invite someone to coffee or invite them to lunch, get to know them and their story a little bit more. But also in January, we have some really important Sundays as we talk about the vision that God's calling us to. So make sure you're here at NCC on January 12th, 19th, and 26th. Here at NCC, we're all about making people and places new, and we wanna know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.